And how about to that point? Now bear fucking with me, dude. Okay. Because what if, Baby Snakes, I told you that even though this episode rounds out our chat dedicated to the Batman, what if I told you there was more? You see, because between this and the previous episode, we have compiled three hours worth of content to directly honor and respect the three hours worth of film that Matt Reeves gifted us. But there's more. Through your direct support over at patreon.com slash the Pod today, you can get access to the remainder. That's four hours total of just bat chat that Chase and I spewed. And what if I told you one day we want to film our Dark Knight Rises debate? Well, it's that kind of support directly through the Patreon that is the best way to make that a reality. Not to mention what uh, subscribing to the podcast does and for every like and follow and share and uh, rating and review wherever you digest this podcast. Not to mention the kind of support that that is. It's huge. It's valuable. And believe me, it's much appreciated. But what if I also told you that you don't have to worry about me interrupting this episode like this uh, for about 95% of it? Hmm? You know it's true because there can be no lies. So without any further ado, please enjoy the conclusion of and second part to Chase and I not being able to contain ourselves over the Batman. That was quite the dessert. Yeah? Yeah. That was that was quite the dessert. Uh, I'll give you credit for ingenuity, for sure. I don't think anybody's ever thought of that combo. We Let's talk about it, because we just ate it, as far as you're concerned. We ate it, <laughs> and uh, we've had some time to let it uh, become one with us. Um, yeah, I, I made this thing, and I... I mentioned to Chase, I said, hey, I, I, I got dessert tonight. You know, we had a pizza earlier. Shout out to Domino's. Um, we don't have to go on a big Domino's diatribe, but uh, they're trusty and they're standard. Pizza. They're pizza, and you know what you're going to get. And uh, we got pepperonis. We got green peppers. We got mushrooms. We went extra cheese. We went pretty classic um, with some bread on the side, so more carbs. But then I was actually looking more forward to the dessert because it's something that I recently created in my life. Uh, I shouldn't say created, but it's something that I recently uh, stumbled upon in my life, and I wanted to share it with you guys. So what happened was, <laughs> uh, you ever heard you ever heard of waffles? You ever heard Ego waffles? <clears throat> there used to be a great marketing campaign when we were growing up. Uh, Lego my ego. Lego my ego, and um, thankfully I've got enough because what you got to do is you take a couple of egos, you throw them in the toaster, you toast them. Like you normally do. It's that's how you, standard. That's how you eat an ego. Yeah. And then you put some butter on it, maybe. <clears throat> you put some syrup, syrup of choice. Shout out to your favorite syrup. Um, but that's pretty standard. Yeah. And I figured for a treat <clears throat> for the podcast, we can't just do standard. So I got really high recently and uh, decided, what what if I throw it in the air fryer, though? After toasting it, after toasting it, yeah. because it lose it kind of loses its consistency. Sometimes the toasting isn't always consistent. You know, it's it's 
and then maybe you go too hard. You know what I mean? It's like, and then you're just like, well, I toasted it once. And maybe maybe you're a retoaster. Some people have done that. <laughs> retoaster. I've tried that. It's not a Seinfeld I'm episode, but so maybe you're a retoasted man. <laughs> I got re- toasting was kind of like a nice primer, and then right. you you kind of set it up for success for success by, by toasting and then air frying air frying. But you're not done then. But I'm not done then because those that's just part of it. That's just part of the equation. Um, these egos. That I'm not gonna let go yet. Uh, I've been toasted, and in between the toaster and the air fryer, there's a healthy serving of Nutella slathered on one side of one of the Legos. Legos? We're yeah. talking about Legos. Egos. Are you Lego and, and Ego? Yeah, we're not talking about Legos. The Ego has Nutella, Nutella, maple syrup, maple syrup. You mix <laughs> it up, then you sandwich it. That's you've made a sandwich out of that. Uh huh. Then you put more Nutella on the other side. It's like you're. It's like you're making. Uh, a cheeseburger sandwich. Pretty much. Kind of. A cheeseburger sandwich? <laughs> you caught yourself, but you said Sam already, uh, so I knew where you were going. I it's got okay, retoasted man. recently, yeah, too, I yeah. should say. You're a retoaster. It's, it's like a grilled cheese sandwich is what I yes. meant to say. You yes. know you, you butter both sides? Well, yeah, you know okay, I, mean? I see with the butter. I was like, it's a grilled cheese sandwich in a way. <laughs> like if you were to put grilled cheese – if you were to make a grilled cheese sandwich and then before putting it in the pan, you put cheese on the outside of the sandwich as well mm-hmm. – which actually sounds like a pretty interesting idea. It it's probably sounds worthy of an air fryer too. So yeah. uh, sorry, while well, I'm still learning how to talk, but um, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, really I'm going to shut up. I, that that was basically the creation. Um, and I and then you once you've done that, you put it in the air fryer. I did it for four minutes for 400 degrees on fries setting. Okay. So right. it's not maybe cooking it through Crisping to the middle, it. but it's, it's keeping it's maintaining the crisp. That's the thing. Yeah. Cuz you add all the stuff if it's been 30 seconds since you toasted it, maybe it's lost its consistency. Not now. Air fryer is going to maintain it. It's not going to overcook it. And then you bring it out, you dab a little bit more maple syrup on it and then you enjoy. It was killer. Like maybe literally, but uh really really tasty. Almost too good cuz it was distracting me from <laughs> Things I still need to talk about with Batman, but it was very good. Same. And um, th- I'm glad. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Um, it's a treat that I'm going to eat more of. It's not healthy for you. It's uh, definitely like fair food, you know? Yeah, you I can see fair, that, yeah. You go to a theme park, you have to kind of contend with the fact that, like, you come to terms with the fact that, eh, we're going to put our body through it a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's like Deep going fried to a, Oreos yeah, sporting event. You're kind of yeah. like, I'm going to eat the overpriced stuff because it's... Yeah. Otherwise, it's not the thing, same. So uh, we ate the thing. We like it. We want more of it. But we do want more of what you just mentioned. The Batman. Fuck it. Let's get back into it. What are we even doing? Uh, so we still have a couple of characters slash actors to talk about. But one of those characters is kind of intrinsically linked to a location. And before I forget, I would really like to talk about the Batman's version of the Iceberg Lounge. Because it yes. was really cool. Uh, loved it. I, I want to go to there. <laughs> they have multiple clubs there. Yeah, club within a club. Club within a club. I thought the club, the main club for the, I guess you would say the normal people, mm-hmm. not the cool people. Yeah. That, to me, looked like everything about a nightclub that I usually would be Turned against. I would be like, yeah. I hate dance clubs and loud and right. all that stuff. But for some reason, this version just worked for me, man. I wanted to be there. I liked the little, cool. like, yeah, the little off to the side nooks that they yeah. seem to have. It uh, was poor lighting, but I like that. The big, giant, like, recessed dance floor. It was like you sure. enter the club 
and then you have to go down. Look like three floors. It's like so you, you get to get decide to, whether you want to be yeah. part of the dance because some right. you go to some places and the dance decides for you. Right. I don't want the dance to decide for me. If I go right. out to your your place of business, yeah, I have in this case engage. the iceberg lounge. I want to have. I want to choose what I engage in. Do I want to get dancey and sweaty over sure. here? Do I want to commit illegal legal acts over here in the corner? Well, that, Maybe. Or do I want to mention the password to the twins and right. go into the deep down? I, I kept hoping that the twins were Tweedledee and Tweedledum. That's what it was like. I'm yeah. hoping they're going to make a reference that's to a that. Deep or cut. just a little... That's a little, for rogues anybody. gallery deep cut yeah, right there. Not just a... a not the Alice Lewis Carroll yeah. version, but... The, uh, the, the Batman version of Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Correct. But anyway, no, uh, I thought that the, the way that that club was set up was kind of ideal for batman to have a fight because you know you enter into that club which again i also want to mention um something that was brought up in a different podcast somebody was saying that uh, bruce wayne batman enters that club three times and he does it it using three different tactics the first time he shows up he's batman and they, they open the door and he says do you know who i am and then the second time he shows up, he's Bruce Wayne. They open the door and he says, do you know who I am? And he gets in that way. And the third time, he just skips those fucking guys and sneaks in on like ninja like skills. He's like, I'm going to do what Catwoman would do. Right, exactly. So I thought I thought I kind of appreciated that huh. there was the three different, you know, the two <clears throat> do you know who I am? And then the one just, yeah. I'm going to do this. I don't think I fully, yeah, understood, realized that there was a third one like that. But, but yeah. along with the Iceberg Lounge, Penguin. Colin oh Farrell's Penguin. Yeah, let's get to the real shit, okay? We were, I was telling you we're going to talk about the stuff we don't like. You don't like you don't what? like Penguin, huh? I fucking loved it. Okay. I was going to be really surprised there. That was my attempt to honor okay. what you did earlier okay. uh, when we first started this thing. Um <clears throat> Great Penguin. I I went into it hope you know, I like I said before, I didn't have a lot of expectations. I tried not to, but I did kind of go into this hoping he would steal the movie. Mm. And so Deep down, I loved everything he was doing just by the fact that he was there. Yeah. I was so excited to see the Penguin. More than maybe any other n- character not named Batman. Okay. Honestly. Okay. Um, is Penguin, generally speaking, is he a rogues gallery member that you enjoy when he pops up in stories? Or you're like, oh, sweet I've Penguin. I've always liked the Penguin, but he's definitely, he definitely either gets kind of the shaft sometimes and gets sure. treated as like just a comedic relief character. Yeah. Um, and then other times maybe he goes a little bit too far the other extreme and like, mm-hmm. he's like a creature, right? Yeah. Like uh wear button. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It could be worse, but um, uh. no, <laughs> I like the penguin. He's not like my favorite villain of all time, but I think there's a lot of potential there and there's a yeah. lot of stuff to play with. And there's been some fun, I think sort of expansion to his character because yeah. he, um, there are iconic performances of him and the animated series version, for instance, sure. shows more of the bumbling side of him. Sure. And it, and there are times he gets treated seriously, but it's almost at the expense of some crazy bird contraption. That right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like, you'll take me seriously when that fucking ostrich cuts your head yeah, off. Yeah, right. But you're like, I'm taking the ostrich seriously, not you. you right, fat. right. I really you know? liked the way the Arkham games treated him. Because he shows up really properly for the first time in Arkham City, yeah. and he's kind of more this like if if it can be got, I can get it kind of a guy. Like if he's a collector of things, he's got all the connections, right? And he, the, and then in uh, Origins, he's the kind of the arms dealer. It, everybody gets their guns from right. him, which I and thought I, was kind I've, of interesting. That's kind of the expanded, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, universe of him that I that I like too, and mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed. And I think he has to have this. Um, 
for lack of a better term, gangster side to him. Yes. I think he he has to be able to not just have that at his expense. Like he doesn't just have muscle that right. are gang members. He has it in him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um so it's cool to see him portrayed not typically in league with Falcone, right. but in organized crime. I Definitely. think it fits him. And um he's not just a boss. He has to kind of work his way up. This is year sure. two Batman. Yeah. So not everything that we perceive as, you know, canon knowledge has right. happened yet. Like a right. Bane, for instance. Sure. Spoilers, hint, hint, uh, foreshadowing. Mm. You know, he's not, a, he's not a thought right now. Right. The, the Penguin is the Penguin. And I like that he kind of um, <clears throat> leaned into it on some yeah. level. It wasn't like he got pissed every time somebody called him that. Right. Um you know, he led with like, hey, my name's Oz. You know, mm-hmm. so he went by Oz and he kind of took ownership of that because even the name, Oswald Cobblepot, it's like very stuffy and yeah. high society. And it, mm-hmm. um, it, that makes him, that kind of alienates him. It's, yeah. And I think a lot of the villains that resonate with people are the sympathetic ones. Totally. And there's not a lot of sympathy for the penguin, except I guess the sympathy card that they would generally play is he's, he gets teased a lot. He's just sure. bullied and he's kind of an outcast and he, uh, he's unlucky in love. Right? He had some but, kind of fall from grace, like we were talking about earlier. Is that the Cobblepots are one of the big families in Gotham? So why is this guy in the the, the mob world? Like he he comes from high society. Yeah. So what happened to him? And every version of him has got his own little sob story. But yeah, they don't really touch on that in this movie about like no. how did Oswald Cobblepot come to be. Because he's Falcone's not really the lackey. penguin. That's the thing. I mean, right. like they call him by that. Like, I'm here to see the penguin. Mm-hmm. And I like his first line or one of his first lines is he goes, um, something along the line, like you and me uh, live up to our namesake or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Like I'm blanking on the exact line, but he, my point is he kind of owns it, yep. you know? And it's, so it's a good groundwork for what we ultimately imagine the penguin as. Cause his sure. final form is not Oz, mm-hmm. you know, his final form I think is, I would like to see this guy with his that moxie, right? This sort of like, yeah, I'm the penguin mm-hmm. in a in a fucking top hat and a monocle, though. And I know that's a little cliche, but that would be kind of cool. And it's like okay. they wouldn't have to go over the top with it. I'm sure they could maybe yeah. even have just a scene, but it would be kind of cool to see that as an arc because yeah. it, he could, I guess, stay the same. He could be this like always this guy, you know? I'll shoot you straight. You well, know? he was he was definitely dressed up. You never saw. I mean, even yeah. in the the scene where he like ends up being a car chase, he was dressed a little nicer than everybody else. But talking about the iceberg lounge, you go in there and everybody else is kind of just they're, you know, they get collared shirts on, but they're not like him where he had this really nice like plaid cocktail jacket and like yeah. you can tell he takes pride in the way he looks. So there is a certain level of vanity there, which is ironic because his face is fucked up. He's mangled. And I like I like that because that's sort of a take on the his way he normally looks. Yeah. He normally looks mm-hmm. obviously like a penguin. Well mm-hmm. he looks heavy, but he looks more yeah. mangled than anything right, else. Right. And yeah. it maybe, you know, his hair or whatever, but mm-hmm. He doesn't necessarily look like a penguin. Right. And I like that because at least cinematically, the last time we saw one, it was Danny DeVito as a creature. Which is great too, but different. And I love Danny DeVito, but Mm. I don't know that that's the penguin I want to see. I don't know that that's the best penguin we can shoot for. Yeah. 
I thought he was great. I thought he was really great in the the chase scene. I love the the. the I, <laughs> I got you. The three seconds where he thinks he got away, and then his reaction to the Batmobile coming through the fire. I thought that, was great. Yeah. Like, well, let's talk about that real quick. Let's okay. pause it on that and zoom in on his reaction. It's it's the thing we've kind of seen in the te- in the trailers, but we haven't seen his necessarily his reaction to it. Um, and again, it's different experiencing the whole thing I, from from the Batmobile turning us on in the dark to now he's walking upside down through the fire. That needs to be experienced beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, like I said, definitely. it's maybe my favorite scene in the whole movie on some level, and um, that doesn't work if Colin Farrell isn't crushing it. Penguin is, I think, best when he's kind of a middle ground because there's there's kind of two camps of crime in Gotham. You got your organized crime, the mob families, which are really more of the old crime versus the new crime which are these wild supervillains and penguin is kind of right in the middle where he is one of these supervillains but he's holding on to the way things used to be he's like he's the mob guy he's still trying to make that work right even if moroni and falcone are not really around he's like this is how things should be and you got all these clowns and two faces and stuff doing their thing and i kind of fit right in the middle i like that aspect and it looks a little bit to me like that's kind of what they're going to move forward with with the Batman because it ends with him kind of taking up the mantle of like all right well Falcone's not around there's a power vacuum right. I'm the one with all of the 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 account numbers or you know whatever right. so and and I'll also say I'm the guy now who's yeah. going to say I'm not right right he he's going to do that right. whole thing um and that's where he can be that fierce guy and mm-hmm. show that fierce side <clears throat> I don't know if fierce is maybe the right word but um I think he has he has a killer instinct to him. Totally. And uh he's not to be slept on. I think yeah, definitely. I, I I would like to see some sort of umbrella incorporation. Not 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 a shout out to the um Oh yeah to, to the game. But right. I mean incorporating yeah, the yeah. umbrella into his character because mm-hmm. that is sort of the iconography of it. Sure, yeah, he's got kind of that's, a couple of things that are like like you were saying, the top hat that's and the monocle. Thing. And so the, yeah. if there could be a way that would you know, I would love to see that play out sure. with this um, representation, man, for sure. And I, I like that. Um, I, I mentioned it a couple of times, but the way that the movie ends with Riddler flooding part of the city, very no man's land, oh. um, kind of opens up this idea of there being this kind of corner of Gotham that's not really salvageable, and it really opens up the idea of there's kind of a lawless part. I mean, Gotham is lawless in general, but there's this one part that's kind of forsaken. And that seems to be right outside of Penguin's window. So he's kind of poised perfectly to be like, all right, I'm going to take over Falcone's Mm -hmm. operation. But now we have this whole sector of Gotham that's flooded and cops aren't really going to be running around here. So Maybe it really is a nice perk now because it's floating in the water. Yeah, I mean, kind of. there's a lot of potential. So, um, yeah, I think that... They gave Penguin and Colin Farrell enough runway in this movie to make an impact without pulling focus and away from the main thing and tease you with this is going to be an interesting character. He moving was set forward. up to steal the movie, definitely, you but know? he didn't. He didn't, uh, he didn't overshadow, overshadow it. it. I don't mean it that and way. God, that makeup dude was so good. If nobody had told you who was cast as you'd that never guy, know. You'd be like, "Who's this fucking guy? Yeah. How have I never heard of this yeah. actor before?" Yeah, and they'd be like, "Oh, it's that dude. It's that handsome the master." Breathtaking makeup, dude. <clears throat> yeah, and um, let's let's derail a little bit on Falcone. Okay. He deserves some time. Yeah. Um, uh, the real legend of him, which I'm glad that they touched on, and it was central to somewhat of the story, um, is that 
uh, he was operated on straight by, out of the long Halloween. <clears throat> straight out of the long Halloween, he was operated on by Bruce Wayne's dad when Bruce was a boy, right? Like he say in the movie, just like he says, he watched it, and it's often portrayed that that very thing happened. They had to lay him down on the family table at the dinner table or something like that because it was such an extreme emergency. And it's imagine being seven years old, you yeah. know, and seeing and seeing this, you're shocked. You've never seen a person like get shot before, and then your dad saves their life, and it just so happens to be it's it's the the unofficial mayor of Gotham, et cetera. So that that is very much part of like the canon of that guy, and I'm glad that they they gave it enough time without overdoing it. And um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, I and I even enjoyed the um, scratch across the cheek. I felt like you yeah. kind of needed to see that. Yeah. And it, it so much so that it actually kind of made me cringe a little bit. Yeah. Because you see your nails kind of dig in uh-huh. and we don't see the scrape. It's implied, but right, it's like, right. it's a, uh, you know, I, that's just a nice little fun fact on, on that character. But um, yeah. And then I think there was like, yeah, there was a strength in his ability to, mm-hmm get real intimate with you because that I was making a point with that. That he he's menacing without being he's menacing and domineering without being overtly aggressive. It's subtle, which is, you know, I I was telling you earlier I'm not really into mob stories and I don't, I don't like all of the organized crime stuff because I think they're all very derivative of one another. But some of the best ones like um The Departed comes up thinking about Jack Nicholson's character and that he's not like overtly aggressive. It's all about manipulating people, making people uncomfortable by getting in their personal space. Mm-hmm. And um, the way John Turturro played that character, I thought was believable. It wasn't like this. And I think, I I think if there was always this bad guy, this like Supreme boss who always acts like a boss. Yeah. I think you start to lose your power a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's like totally. you, you kind of need to see, you kind of need to see the levels to it. Mm-hmm. So he never really, you never saw him get big. You never kind right. of blew up on anybody like that. Obviously there was a fight breaking out, but even, even as he's about to choke the life out of Selena, yeah. he's, he's like, well, you know, look what you made me do type yeah. of thing. And yeah. it's not like he's cursing at her, yelling at her. Um, so yeah, it was like this very sort of, <clears throat> what did you think of that portrayal. connection between, I think it's from, is it long Halloween that they reveal that Selena is maybe they don't ever like confirm it, but like Selena is maybe his illegitimate child. And then she's definitely in this movie, his illegitimate daughter. Right. I, I, from what I can recall, and I did re- somewhat recently read the long Halloween. Uh, I don't think that that's ever a thing. The only daughter he has in that is, is Gigante. Who is in this movie. Uh, she is? Yes, the actress who walks in um, to talk to to Falcone is credited as Gigante. Really? Yeah. Well, to, that's his daughter, right? right. And she's who kinda, in the comics she, is she plays big. A, a, she's, her name's Gigante. So Gigante. She's a big lady. Yeah, that's what they call her. <laughs> the, you know, Gigante. Yeah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and she shows up and she's not to be trifled with, dude. Um, yes, she fucks some dudes up in Long Halloween for sure. Squishes the Riddler's head. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to also the Riddler being in this movie. Um, yeah. But um, <clears throat> anyway, yeah, read the Long Halloween, you fuck. Um, so yeah, Falcone was cool and um, kind of like that he died. Yeah. I kind of like that. Got enough of him. There was a consequence. There, there, mm-hmm. there, there needs to be some consequences that happen in mm-hmm. these movies because not to make direct comparisons, but since we talked about it hours ago, the Disney cinematic stuff can be cookie cutter, can be a little yeah. too soft around the edges. No stakes. And, and there's almost no consequences. Mm-hmm. Even when there is, there's not really consequences. Mm-hmm. There needs to be something for all of this. And yeah. the, Rid- the Riddler has been 
successfully executing his plans. I would say almost everything goes according to plan for the Riddler until the very end. Mm -hmm. Until the very end, which is why we also see him literally crying in his cell. Um, (laughs) But he's like, has that great moment where he's like cheering all the explosions as they're happening. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's like that meme, like how it started and how it ends. You know, like it ends with him crying. So, um, uh, yes, we need to see death as a consequence of that just because it happens to be Falcone. I think he also, his role served a purpose. Again, very similar to Long Halloween, kind of other than being a backdoor origin story of Two-Face. The end of that comic kind of shows the transition of we're going to go from organized crime to supervillains now. And it's kind of what they do with him in this as well. It's like Falcone dies and now it's kind of the era of the supervillain. Yes, yes. Yes, they're setting the stage for Penguin. They're mm-hmm. setting the stage for Harvey to show up because there's a new DA now. And the fucking and, Joker. And the again. fucking Joker. So we're gonna get to the Joker. God. But I think if we're gonna if we're gonna uh, make a turn, let's make a turn and talk about one more character. And that's okay. just the thing. Um, I'm. Uh, I hate doing this because two of my favorite characters in all of Batman, anything, are Commissioner Gordon and Alfred. Okay. But I think we need to talk about both of them. You want to talk about both of them? We could just really quickly. I was quickly, say we need to talk don't... about the Batman. Well, sure. Yeah, let's 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 talk about Pat Pattinson. I almost said Patterson. Let's talk about Pattinson really quick. Um Really quick or should we just get into it? Well, it's going to be a long thing. So, okay. Yeah, in the interest of not forgetting Andy Serkis and um Jeffrey Wright. Yes. Let's really just get kind of okay. go into them really quick. Okay. Because they're both – Andy Serkis is barely in the movie, but the screen time that he gets is effective. Mm-hmm. Um, the one trope of this movie, which I said earlier I wouldn't change a frame, and I still stand by it. But they're, I, I've gotten kind of tired of the, the trope of the hero at the bedside of their mm-hmm. mentor right. as they're dying sure. or not dying, whatever. We've seen it a hundred times. It doesn't need to be done. Um, I did think – watching this movie that when the bomb went off i was like they might be killing alfred i th- I felt like of all movies this movie might be the one to get away with we're gonna do a batman with no alfred and i was like okay well, that's, that's kind a, of a bold direction be, yeah i was glad that ultimately we he didn't ride. die yeah but um i liked andy circus's alfred i liked that they're uh kind of exploring a more tumultuous relationship between him and bruce because it's in the comics and every movie that we've ever seen and every cartoon, it's always been like he is my father figure and I respect him and I am on this crusade, but ultimately he's got my back. And I like the idea of seeing an Alfred that doesn't really approve and is kind of feeling more personally responsible that he's allowing this kind of this thing to happen. There, there's it, It's contentious. He wants to be there and he wants to help him, but they have a contentious relationship and I yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I love Alfred. I love the character. I will always love that character. And anybody that's into Batman knows how integral that character is to him. Yeah. It's like the, it, he doesn't – it doesn't happen. There is no Batman without Alfred. Very true. And that's that's part of the reason I love the character so much. But then there's just – there is a complexity to the character beyond the stuffy butler and the British accent. Absolutely. And, and the old guy. And so there, there, over the years, you've seen different iterations – um, this one kind of harkens of Earth, Earth One or whatever it is. You can tell he's level. got some kind of a uh, special forces background of some kind. Yeah, or well, something. He, he specifically mentioned security. Yeah, at one point that he does security for the Waynes. 
uh, and then there and there is a maid. There is a maid. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe that's somewhere for the character to grow too. Is is while the penguin has yet to become the penguin, maybe Alfred has yet to become the butler Alfred. But right. whether he does or doesn't become that, it doesn't matter because he he is that he is the shoulder and he's the ear and he's mm-hmm. the only guy that like truly sees Bruce. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, and Batman on that level, but uh, and he's and he has to be involved. He mm-hmm. can't just be the guy that offers support. He has to right. be involved. So I liked, <laughs> I liked how he wakes up the next day and he's already hard at work on the cipher. Yeah, um, and that he's good at it, right? Like he's competent. That's mm-hmm. always consistent with Alfred. That he's he might be the smartest guy in the room. He yeah. truly might be. Yeah, and uh, um, it's a good enough age range between him and Pattinson mm-hmm. that it's um, it is father figurely but like also he could maybe be a buddy you know yeah, what i mean right, it's not yeah. like you're so old i can't relate to you right he's like fuck you dude i ain't that much yeah. older. I'll your ass. Yeah. you know yeah. <clears throat> he's got a little bit of that in yeah. him uh-huh. uh which you love but yeah you don't see enough of him but i think that's kind of how it should be he's always there yeah alfred's always gonna be there mm-hmm. he's always gonna be there and that's why we fucking love alfred um and how dare you fucking ca- can't kill him off but it, it, you could tell they're going for they're going for the rage and and they got to be able to it's it maybe is cliche or tropey but it's like that's kind of how you get at Batman a lot of the times so yeah. you get at him through the connections that he has and, and yeah. that's why he keeps everything so private but but uh, you know if you can get at him through Alfred that's probably the best well, wound you could wound him for with. anybody that is current with the comics a couple years ago um, Bane snapped Alfred's neck killed him in the comics. And that's when Batman kind of went off the deep end. And then the next person that keeps Batman from going off the deep end is Dick Grayson, who is much more of that buddy character. And he's I probably like... the next closest to him. Right. And it's, it's yeah. interesting. The only reason I bring up Dick Grayson, he's not in this movie, obviously, but the dynamic between Alfred and Bruce is in some ways mirrored in the dynamic between Bruce and Dick, because Bruce mm-hmm. is, He's kind of this quasi father figure, quasi big brother, brother yeah. to to Dick, and I can kind of see that a little bit with this version of Alfred. While Alfred is traditionally much more of a father figure, yeah. I think Bruce sees himself more as a father figure to Dick, but Dick sees Bruce more of a as a big brother. Yeah, like you're you're not my dad. Yeah, you're older than me. Right. You're a mentor, but you're right. not my father figure. And and that's the thing that when it comes to Bruce, I think his dad obviously does loom large in his life. Yeah, but literally, I think it's like his he's only ever known his dad when his dad was giant. Yeah, him. you know what I mean. Right. Like literally much bigger than him. So, uh, for the symbology of it, I think that plays into it. But uh, I love Alfred. Is it a Boondock Saints reverence? Yes. Nice. Um, <laughs> and. Maybe maybe my second favorite character of all Batman is Commissioner Gordon. I fucking love Commissioner Gordon. You can never don't ever say a fucking ill word about him. Don't ever talk shit on Gordon. Like Team Gordon for life, dude. Have you ever read any of the comics where Gordon was Batman? He gets like an Iron Man. I know suit. he has the suit yeah. in um in yes, I know of that suit. I've not read that. Um I, I just love him. And um part of the reason I love him is because I love year one. Okay, yeah. And um, uh, I've talked much about that before. Much more of a Gordon heavy story. And, uh, yeah, it's as much of a Gordon origin as it is Batman, but mm-hmm. it's it's great because it's it's showcasing the first year on the job for Batman while Gordon is getting acclimated to Gotham. And here we are in year two. Mm-hmm. So we have a young Gordon. He's a captain? Is he captain? I think so, yeah. He's a captain at this point. Um, the commissioner ends up getting killed in the movie and then somebody else takes their place. So he's maybe one or two more assassinations away from getting the promotion. <laughs> yeah, which they're handing them out. In, uh, in they're just handing them out. Um, 
But he has, what's the line he says to him? He goes, you're safe. And Gordon's like, why am I safe? He's like, you're not corrupt. Mm-hmm. And Gordon just is the guy you want to fucking hug, dude, because I love him. I, I, feel, I, I feel so bad for him. Nobody, I, you could argue nobody goes through more shit than, than Commissioner Gordon. True. Uh, no, and, you know, just with the shit that happened to Barbara alone. And, right. and, uh, and then Sarah and, uh, getting killed later on by the mm-hmm. Joker. And, uh, you know, the list goes on. <clears throat> and I, he's just always been a good guy. Yeah. He's always been a, the, the fucking guy for the job, dude. True. How do you not love him? And I, I know this isn't the same movie, but th- I get caught up in Gordon love because I think, uh, man, I'll never forget Gary Oldman showing up for the first time as Gordon. Yeah, the it was first great. time you see him. In Batman Begins is when he's consoling a young Bruce. Yeah. And to me, that's like the spirit of him. It's totally. Like, God damn it, dude. He's such a good dude. And totally. He's, like, he's I, just being sweet to him. And, and I, I do love that scene in this one where he's having the private conversation with Batman and then he tells him to hit him. And when you, you see yeah. Batman haul off and punch yeah. him. And then later on, he's like, I thought you were going to pull your punches. And he was like, I, I did. did. <laughs> dude, I love that little kind of side chatter because yeah. – they're they're still new with each other. Yeah. Um. But what is Gordon? You know what Gordon is? He's been down since day one, dude. Yeah. He's been in Batman's corner since day one, mm-hmm. and he doesn't waver in this movie. Mm-hmm. I love that shit. He doesn't waver, you know. And uh, he stands up for him. And <clears throat> I will say, speaking of since we're speaking of Gordon, let's talk about the movie specifically. I have heard a critique of this movie, a pretty consistent okay. one, that uh, there is no way, there is no way the cops don't remove his mask. Oh. There was no way with all those cops that want to rip him apart and only Gordon essentially stopping them. Yeah. How is he still masked? Because all of those cops that are in that room were all beat cops. They're all uniformed police officers. And there is a captain in the room. They have to listen to what he says. Right. You want to, oh, you want to see who Batman is? Great. You've lost your job. The captain in the room is saying, don't fucking touch him. Let him get up on his own. Gordon, like you've been saying, Gordon has been down since but day But people would say, well, we one. know how cops react nowadays. Yeah. Right? In the real world, you're trying to tell me if this guy had beat up a bunch of other cops, these guys wouldn't want to If the cap, If the captain is saying, well, maybe they'd want to kill him. Maybe they want to take off the mask, but they don't have to do it that instant right then. We don't know how long it's been since he's been knocked out in that room. Like, Gordon has been, as far as we know, as far as we're told in the movie, Gordon has been by his side since the since he blew up at the the funeral right because that's what that's how he got knocked out was the bomb went off in his face and then we you know cut over to right. him in, at the gcpd yeah. so that's when he loses gordon gordon's been there the whole time making sure that nobody's gonna fuck with him yes and that's my point thank you i think ultimately it comes down to gordon now i think you can make a real world case that maybe batman has a fail safe on his suit uh, you know, maybe mm-hmm. it's maybe it's not like pulling off a Halloween mask from Halloween right. Town. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah. not maybe it's not that simple, right? But I think what's maybe more the reasonable answer and what is what I'm getting at is that Gordon's been down since day one. He will he'll and I and I was gonna say he'll fucking back Batman over any of those cops. But the reality is, and often it's portrayed that way that all the cops are corrupt. So mm-hmm. Gordon has no it's no skin off Gordon's back to like turn his back on the cops, but he would rather support Batman in the face of all of his colleagues. Mm. That's not easy to do. If that right. actually happened, you have to see these people all the time. They'd be like, fuck you, Jim. Yeah. You back that guy and he broke my nose. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's an angle that's definitely explored a lot in the comics and some of the games as well. And like, you look at a character like you brought up year one, like a character like Flass, where he's partnered up with this blatantly corrupt cop 
Gordon is not oh, a yeah. popular guy until he becomes commissioner. And well, even yeah, after he's commissioner. And the book, and then he kind of realizes by experience with Flash, means, mm-hmm. well, I have to kind of play their game a little bit. Right, they're going to yeah. be these like uh, law-breaking police officers. Mm-hmm. I'll break the law, technically. I'll yeah. assault them. But yeah. I'll, I'll, may, I'll play them. I'll fight them on their own level. Oh, right, yeah. You know, so he... Uh, and that's the other thing. That's the other thing that we need to see in Gordon. And with all due respect to... I don't even know the dude's name. But, Batman, thank you for saving the day. Are you talking about the original Gordon? Yeah, the OG one from yeah. the show. Yeah. But also the one that was in all of the previous 90s that's, and 80s. That's, what I'm, that's the guy I'm talking about. Yeah, he he's... It's an homage to that. I get it. Yeah. But that ain't Gordon. Dude. Right, yeah. Gordon yeah. has to be not just the guy that's given the orders, but... He is all of those game things. Mm-hmm. He's the guy that's ready to go to battle for Batman. Mm-hmm. He's got his back. He actually can throw down if need be. You know sure. what I mean? He's got all sure. those facets to him. He's smart. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a really great piece of art recently. I wish I, should, I had saved it and sent it to you because I did think of you when I saw it. Um, but it was on Instagram. And it's a picture of Gordon waiting for Batman on a rooftop. And the bat signal's right there and everything. But the way that they've drawn him, the wind's blowing in such a way that his like trench coat is kind of <laughs> moving the same way that they usually draw Batman's cape. That's awesome. Showing that he's just as much of a hero as Batman. Is Batman's just not there yet kind of a thing. I sh- I'll, I'll have to look for it again and send it to you because it is rad. I know you're a big Gordon fan. Uh, and- yeah, I've, clearly. I've got a hard-on for Gordon. Um, Team Gordon for life. And I think... They delivered on those levels, mm-hmm. and we got a good amount of Gordon. I mm-hmm. liked him coming in the crime scene with them. And yeah, they show him as a competent detective as well. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it's cool that he. We need to see all those things, and and he's, he's he called Batman man at one time. I don't mm-hmm. even know your name, man. Mm-hmm. You know, he kind of talks like that. Like yeah. I like that sort of familiarity between them. Mm-hmm. He's not so much older than Batman that right. he looks at him like a kid. It's like, yeah. all right, dude. And um, yeah, he puts his reputation, his job on the line, mm-hmm. and gets rewarded with his tr- uh, by his trust in Batman. But um, Nobody goes through more hell than Commissioner Gordon, and there wouldn't be Batman without Gordon. Very true. I couldn't agree more. I love that character. So, fuck it, dude. We need to do it, and it's the time. So, uh, Without any further ado. Without any fucking further ado, let's talk about the title of this fucking Yeah, movie. we've been talking about the Batman without talking about the Batman. Robert Pattinson turns in a performance that I was ready for it to be good. I knew he was going to deliver. I knew it was going to be different than any other Batman we had seen before. Um, And just based on the one trailer that I had seen, I was like, okay, we're finally going to see a Bruce Wayne that looks like, yeah, this kid saw his parents get shot in an alley when he was a little kid. This is the first Batman movie that was pointed out to me. This is the first of all the Batman movies. I don't know if you realize this. This is the first Batman movie where we do not get a scene of Bruce Wayne at some fucking gala or fundraiser in a tuxedo. <laughs> it's in every other uh, movie. <laughs> that, well, that's all he does. That's all Bruce Wayne can do is, yeah, right? is go rich parties, dude. Yeah, and I'm glad they skipped it. I mean, there's so much less Bruce Wayne in this for good reason. He hasn't, again, second year Batman, he hasn't, he's still kind of proto-Batman, so he hasn't really figured out, the, oh, the facade of Bruce Wayne is just as valuable as Batman. Perhaps more so on some level. So he hasn't he hasn't done that part of it yet. We get that one really quick scene with Alfred saying, you know, you need to go to this party or do this thing. And and Bruce is like, I don't give a shit about any of that anymore. I don't want to do that. That's not my I've, life. It's not yeah. my life. I'm throwing that away. And we, he, we see towards the end he uses his name to get into the Iceberg Lounge. So 
Yeah. The, it is a tool that he, he starts can to use. realize. Yeah, the Wayne name carries some right. weight. Like uh, yeah. the Riddler kind of almost showed him that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like when he, you see this video he releases, right? That's gone viral, where he's telling us the truth about the Waynes. Mm-hmm. It almost makes him realize. Oh yeah, like I, 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 I never realized that's how people looked at me. Mm-hmm. He's kind of been insulated from the outside world. He grew mm-hmm. up like who can relate to Bruce Wayne? Right. But now it's like, oh, the name means something, and then mine does too. Me mm-hmm. showing up. I yep. mean, they comedically. Show that in again. The he shows up on the scene. crime scene. Yeah, he shows up on the crime scene, and the one cop goes, "Hey, police business." Yeah, and and I love it. He doesn't say anything. He just looks at him like, "Really, dude?" <laughs> uh, and, and Gordon's like, "He's with me." He's like, "This guy's a fucking lunatic." Yeah, yeah. And then what happens when he sees him? Hey, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah. What's up? You know, <laughs> yeah. and that was so good. But right. he starts to realize that too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Batman has power. Yeah, I can do a lot as Batman, but. There's some stuff that Bruce Wayne can do that Batman can't. It's another tool for sure. And I, yeah, I thought that Pattinson was really good as both Bruce Wayne and Batman. I was not, I did not expect them to use the Nirvana song from the trailer twice in the movie. I guess they figured like Warner Brothers is like, we're paying a fucking boatload for this song. We're going to get our use out of it. Might as well play the chorus. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, but it kind of made sense. Like you get the, there were, I, I don't know. I'm sure this was on purpose, but there's a reason they chose Nirvana. It's very angsty. And <laughs> well, Bruce Wayne, of all characters in this comics, one, is probably King oh, Angst. King Angst. And he, Pattinson's of the right age that he still has some little boy in him. Yep. Depending on, like, maybe if they comb his hair down, wet it down like they kind of did in some yep. of those scenes. Like, he looks younger than he is when mm-hmm. he's in post-makeup. Yep. And he's kind of skulking around home. Like, he seems like a kid. I loved that scene when he wakes up and he puts the glasses on. He's got the sunglasses yeah. on inside. Because, obviously, he's, you know, he's Batman hungover. Not, like, from from drinking right. or whatever. But he's, like, he's been up all night. And he's His not body used to feels the... like shit. Right. He's not used to the bright lights and shit. And the way he looks is exactly like you're saying. He looks like a young man who's, who's been angry up at the all night world. and he's fucking pissed. And he's angry at the world and uh, he's still half asleep. Um, you know, he's – yeah, he's not throwing tantrums like fucking Kylo Ren, but he's <laughs> he's clearly angsty. Um, <clears throat> you know, he rides around on the bike, you know, mm-hmm. like some kind of like a younger guy thing, yeah. a thrill, you know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that was a conscious decision on that end, but yeah, he's my point is Pattinson's of that right age where he can still look youthful, but he's he's a man. He's yeah. a grown up guy. He's yeah. in his thirties now, so he's, right. he's not old, but he's he's a man. The and, criticism and, a lot of people had of the even the casting, which is another conversation about people making snap judgments before they actually see anything. They're like, well, how is he going to be Batman? He's this tiny little guy. He's not going to get big. And then people were upset that Pattinson came out saying, I'm not going to be on a workout routine. They tried to get me on the Chris Hemsworth diet. And I he's was in like, shape. Not any... The guy but looks like not... he looks believable that he is a fighter. He's a scrappy fighter. Go watch the UFC. Not... Most of those dudes are pretty See? lean. They're, they're not like. Right. You don't have to be this big, burly dude. It looks good when you're drawing Batman to have yeah. him be this big, burly dude. But it doesn't necessarily have to be that in the movies. I thought he was and in shape are... enough. Breath of fresh air. Yeah. How about that? It's different. Every comic book character is muscle suited out yeah especially right. in the dc world yeah shazam muscle suit you think that's the fucking <laughs> right. chuck looks like that right no, right dude. <laughs> uh, so like <laughs> i think i think pattinson's mold mold build whatever you yeah. want to put it the way he looks physically and we do see a couple of uh shirtless scenes but it didn't feel gratuitous like yeah, arrow uh, yeah, um, yeah. at all it was just like he's taking a shirt off mm-hmm. um he's in shape but right. he's not buffed out he's not bail like bail got Pretty jacked. Bale got big, yeah. Bale got jacked. 
Uh, so he's not on that level, but two years in, that I like the idea of giving these characters and this world room to grow as we're, I'm assuming, they're setting the groundworks for other Batman stuff to come. So oh, well, this, yeah, this is I mean, not the end result. I, th- I thought the way the movie wraps up was... strategic in that it clearly opens the door for stuff to move forward but at the same time if this movie had not performed well it is a standalone story it it is it encapsulated in itself and it's like here's this kind of becomes the hero you could have the city right yeah you could have done this one movie and been done and fine but you can also continue from here uh, it's it's guaranteed this, this they're going to continue to do They're going to greenlight everything behind it now because right. it's, it's it made critically a getting a lot of attention. Dollars. It's being taken seriously critically. I mm-hmm. think it's getting generally good reviews, mm-hmm. and it's making a lot of money. So mm-hmm. it's it's like triple crowning it right, right now. And uh, you have two uh, spinoff shows coming. We talked about the two spinoff the shows Cobblepot one, um, right? And they and they have a young guy that they're ba- that they're hitching their wagon to. Pattinson, by the time he's probably done with the Cape and Cow, will you know. Not even be forty yet, probably right. or maybe barely that. So, right. the, um, anyway, I th- that's forecasting. I want to kind of rewind it again to to Batman specifically. So, um, I yes, I'm glad that you feel the same way with the whole emo angsty thing that they kind of captured that well, uh, and the, and the song was it was good. It was it good, worked. and it wasn't. Uh, it didn't go the traditional comic book route of putting a bunch of um, recognizable songs. In right. It. It, it, in fact, yeah. I would I would wager that that song wasn't recognizable to most people. Actually, okay. I, I shouldn't say most people, but sure, yeah, no. Look at me being <laughs> something, but uh, you know what I mean. Like, there's yeah. a young percentage of people that probably don't know who the fuck Nirvana is, let alone yeah. that song by them. Yeah, so, well, yeah. There's a whole generation of people that buy Nirvana shirts at Forever Twenty One. Right, Kurt so they're not Cobain trying, rolling over yeah. in his grave. Yes, and but, they're. Um, so my point being, I think everything that you've seen in this movie is done with very careful consideration mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. like the, the song is in there not because they're doing product placement sure. I, actually in fact i didn't really see much product placement in this no movie. yeah i i i know that we we still have plenty to talk about with pattinson and batman but i i really am chomping at the bit to talk about the one scene i, I oh. said i wouldn't change any frame and i still stand by it but why do we have to set up the joker enough okay. yeah let's do it with let's the address joker. the fucking laughing guy in the room um <clears throat> enough with the clowns we're not, everybody we're not... loves the clowns and we've seen them so much it's been so overdone it's so oversaturated if matt reeves is true to his word which in post interviews he said i did not put that scene in there to suggest that the next movie is about the joker i put it in there because everyone is going to be thinking where's the joker and i wanted to establish Get it out of the way there now. is okay. a proto joker out there we are not setting up a sequel where it's going to be riddler and joker next time it's just saying there is someone out there who will eventually become the joker in this world so i wanted to show that but i didn't want it to pull focus which is why the deleted scene is a deleted scene he felt putting that in there was leading expectations to be like oh this is going to become about the joker so if that scene is in there which according to him was an early it's scene essentially in the, movie, the post-credit scene 
yeah. because the very end is the you is the email is the website, right? Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then ultimately, what you end up finding through the website is mm. the deleted scene. Right. Yeah. That's where they originally released it. Right. They didn't right. release it on YouTube officially as deleted scene number one. Right. It yeah. was part of their marketing campaign right, still, yeah. and it was part of it was essentially the end credit scene. But I can see the point that if we leave it in at the end, and that's literally the last taste in the mouth as yeah, people are leaving gonna the go, theater, oh, like Joker the Joker's in the second one. It's gonna right. be like the Dark Knight. Yeah. No. Um, so We've no, just seen you, it so much, and yeah. Joker has been done very well in the past. He's also done, done been done very poorly in the past. I think Joker is a great character. I, I just think that we have explored enough of him in live action that there are so many other characters that are so great that don't get their time in the sun. Mm-hmm. I guess, ironically speaking, but <laughs> their time in the spotlight because everybody wants to rush to the Joker. The Joker, I love the Joker. Love that fucking character. What's not to love? Um, he's, to his own detriment, really popular. I, I said detriment, I, in my opinion, because I'm echoing essentially what you're saying. Um, he's almost too popular and too marketable. And I think they realize that <clears throat> he'll always sell too from the dollar ends of things. But um, uh, he's overdone. He's just overdone. Much. I put and Harley I Quinn him, in the same like, category. It's like... Enough. We've seen it, and, and he's it's, not it's gonna. Just, it's he's enough. not gonna lose anything. The character will always be the joke. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, yeah. If we never heard from him for like ten years, somehow magically sure. in in television or movies, right? His next appearance would still be just as crazy as yeah. Always. You don't need to keep him Perhaps relevant. So. He's always going to be relevant. People are always <laughs> right. going to be interested. But I think, like, there's a whole bunch of people out there that had never heard of Scarecrow before Batman Begins, right? And then you do a movie with Scarecrow. Same thing with uh, Ra's al Ghul, or in that movie, how they pronounce his name, Ra's al Ghul. But um, there are all these great characters that we just don't get time with because everybody wants to do the Joker. Mm-hmm. Riddler's been done twice now, which Riddler's cool. Penguin's been done twice now. But, I, I mean, I'd love to see... You know who would really fit into this world and is a grounded character is the ventriloquist be really interesting to do ventriloquist and, and Scarface. Be really interesting to do... I want to be of... Scarface. You want to be Scarface? I want to be the puppet. <laughs> that would be a great Halloween costume. That would be a great cosplay. It would It would be really funny. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I think he's an interesting character. If there was a way to figure out... You'd have to kind of reinvent him for this world. But I, one of your favorites, Clayface, is Dude, such a cool character. I will always... I will always fucking love Clayface. I will uh hold on, I'm sorry. Clayface is a phenomenal character. I'm not sorry. Could kind of rework in a way to be grounded. I there fucking he is. love Clayface. I yes. Did you I, again yes, I know we're uh, kinda know going is, we keep going uh, off topic and stuff, but <clears throat> the first time that you played Arkham City and Clayface had the reveal Spoiler alert, yeah. Yeah, for a ten year old, twelve year old game by now. <laughs> yeah. Um but did you did you like stand up and shout in your room by yourself? When I came. You... <laughs> Dude, I turned into Clay. Clay. I turned into Clay. Um, that's the thing. I so, I know we were talking, and I know this is a patio. A patio? Whoa! I know this is a podcast, and it's audio. So you're like, what is fucking happening? I had to literally just get because I love it so much. Just you saying the clay face it gets uh. me. I got burst of energy, and I had to go grab my fucking toy. Okay, I'm holding it up for the camera. <laughs> I have a f- pop Funko. He's uh, a really cool. He's a he's a really of cool Clayface, character. and it's of the animated series version, and he's just kind of cute. I mean, look at his face. He's like always smiling. I always like that he was smiling, 
Um, but he's a badass character. He's 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 incredible. For and, those who don't know, uh, voiced by Ron Perlman in the animated series. <laughs> the sh- yes, and a great voice for it. Um, dude, if he were to somehow be in any movie, I'm there. you could you could rework the. I don't think he could be a big clay monster in this world because it would, might be a bit too far stretched. But you could do it. In a way if that they... he is an actor, it's kind of like a um, Lon Chaney of sorts, like a man huh. of a thousand faces yeah. sort of a guy that can kind of change his, his appearance based. That I want Clayface, a... dude. You want the big clay I want monster the beast. man. I want the beast. I like if you're gonna do Clayface, I think you gotta you gotta go kind of go all in on it. And and I guess the only the, the tough part about it is like there's probably a way I'm sure to do a practical Clayface combined with some CGI. But I get it. He has to be CGI character. I've seen a lot Not of movies. Necessarily, with, he doesn't. You're right. He doesn't have to be. Yeah. But I've seen enough movies already with CGI characters that I know Clayface could work. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm not work. saying it's not possible. I'm just saying, like the the this version of Gotham that they have established to me, anyway, seems like it is lending itself to be much more grounded in reality. Like the Nolan movies were grounded in reality too, almost. Um, too much like it didn't look like gotham it looked uh, the first one batman begins looked like a new city looked like gotham and then from dark knight and dark knight rises it just was like oh batman's fighting crime in chicago it wasn't <laughs> like a right a, you know sure. so there was that more realistic take on it and then in this one gotham definitely had a an otherworldly aesthetic to it it was kind of equal parts london and new york with a, you know, that kind of cd I loved all the big jumbo screens and in, in time their version of Times Square yeah. and stuff. It seemed very lived in. It seemed like uh, also what could happen. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But I, it it didn't seem like they uh, were allowing for any kind of latitude for characters like I mentioned, Man Bat earlier, or like a Killer Croc, or a Clayface, or a Solomon. They're, they're that's why I think they need to do it. That's why I think they need to do it because I think that's a. I, uh, and I love that dude, and I—I I, believe me, I'm here for the real world shit. I mean, and not to cheapen any 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 of these movies. I don't think it cheapens it, um, but there was some remembrances of like the Nolan stuff in these movies. Oh yeah, for sure. It it made me feel like on some level maybe we have seen this before. Yeah, it was and, definitely and, and standing like, on you know, Nolan's you have, shoulders. You have the um, found footage. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. And that's Harkening of the Dark Knight. Definitely. Where the villain's talking right into the thing, and then he has the the victim right there. I mean, that's an infamous scene. Mm-hmm. Um, to to the, just the feel of it, like it's, and and that's why I think we need to honor that trilogy and those movies and that time because it it did sort of break that ground. It sort of trailblazed that and it popularized it. And then I think there's been maybe somewhat uh, too leaned on too heavily sometimes and. Uh, this this felt equal parts. I don't know if they set out to do this. Oh, this is the creepy ice cream truck, by the way. I was wondering what that sound was. I don't know if you can hear that person listening. Yeah, we've but... talked about this banging before in this neighborhood, and it's fucking kind of late. It's actually kind of late in our real life. That's an ice cream truck, quote unquote. Interesting. That's I don't know weird... what they're. I don't know what they're actually selling. It's a weird sound for ice cream. It's creepy. It sounds more to me like it's a. Like pinging, like a motion detector kind of, or like thing. Mo- like uh, sonar almost. Yeah, it makes me think yeah, of like yeah, yeah. Water definitely for, for Red October. Weird. But, um, okay, but yes, uh, to the real world aspect of it, I I've always been a fan of that because I feel like it it helps. You can help validate Batman more in some sense because p- people are like, well, he's not a superhero, so he shouldn't be in comic booky movies. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's if good. someone says that 
sentence to me uh, to my face i'm just be like just shut the fuck up right <laughs> well thank you yeah that and that's actually nice if you do say that because then you reveal yourself but right um, um i think all that being said about real world shit that's why i kind of think they need to go to the <clears throat> to the supernatural on some level yeah with the mr freeze he kind of bordered lines on that is it too soon to do scarecrow crop. again no, no, because we did Catwoman sooner than that, technically. True. Uh, Catwoman's you know. kind of different, though. I don't know. I've I've seen people posting saying that a Remy Malik would be a good Scarecrow, which sure. I don't I, mean, I don't hate that casting choice. Sure. I liked the idea of just thinking, like, looking at this Gotham and going, all right, how does Batman deal with this trash well, heap being completely engulfed in fire? What they think they've set up in the movie, or they've certainly hinted at, is hush, and uh, well, they was... they put the word hush up on yes, screen. Yes, but they, they also didn't... mentioned the the dot the dad Elliot, the father Elliot. Yeah, who's that... he's a, now he's a a reporter and not a doctor. I wasn't in love with that. I don't know that that's necessarily Thomas Elliot. Oh, I hush. see. I think that's I think that's the I think that's Thomas Elliot's father. I see. Okay, I that's what I would assume is because okay. they're setting up uh, these. You know, it was. In I also to... feel like they kind of alluded a little bit. You're right. They much more alluded to hush than they did this, but. That by bringing up the whole, uh, you know, Gotham is controlled by secret people thing, I think it was Court of a little bit touching on Court of Owls, which is interesting. I think both of those f- would play well in a Matt Reeves world that, Definitely. that, that he's creating. Yeah. But again, there, and not that there's not a supernaturalness uh, to the Court of Owls. Definitely. Can, there is 100% that aspect there is. of it, too. So I, I would embrace that. <clears throat> and you're asking, what is it? Is it too early for a scarecrow? I. Rachel Ghoul would be really cool in yeah. in we didn't really get this we didn't really get Rachel Ghoul in the Nolan movies. Well, we did, we did. <clears throat> Rachel Ghoul would be cool in in a show, I think, more so than the okay. movie. So if yeah. we're going next movies, time. I'm gonna go Team Supernatural and um, okay. yeah, give me Mr. Freeze, please give me Mr. Freeze. Freeze is How so good. How fucking good would that be? Yeah. Like if they did Heart of Ice. Who are you casting? I don't know. I don't want to get caught up in that. I mean, I've I, seen some fan edits as Brian Cranston as Mr. Freeze. Oh, well, dude, which would be if pretty you great. can somehow manage that. Yeah, that'd be I pretty great. Will come. <laughs> it would be. Do you understand be what I'm saying? For it. I've seen him. Perfect. I've seen Mark Strong. He's already been a Doctor Savannah, but he would. He's sure. kind of ideal for Mr. Sure. Freeze. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of great choices out there. I just want that character, and I want it. I want it done. Poison Ivy never really got a chance. That's the th- she'd be and interesting. Dude, she would be amazing, and to mm-hmm. me, she's more of a supernatural character mm-hmm. down that true. route. So true. So you can make her not just uh, somebody who wears green and lipstick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's other aspects they could go yeah. with her. They could make her kind of scary. They could mm-hmm. uh, make her pretty powerful. Um, or uh, they could do Hardak. Hardak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> For anybody that's, that knows yeah. who Hardak is. <laughs> yeah, and then he downloads into your consciousness. Yeah. And, uh, there were some interesting storylines in that animated series, man, that never really came I've back. I've always loved the Mad Hatter, too. Mad but, Hatter, I mean, somebody he's... I didn't think of. He could be real creepy. Real and the way creepy. that they do him in the video games, he's kind of a pedophile. I was like, that's an interesting he's... road to go. He is not well mentally, yeah. right? So right. There's, there, there's some places you could definitely take it. What was um, the name of the – was it Tetsuo? What was the name of the ninja? Remember he was, was like – the Death Touch? Yeah, that was um, cool. I like Master that. Tatsu. No, Tatsu was from Ninja Turtles. Are you sure about that? Oh, uh, talk. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Tatsu. I know. I knew that. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember? He's like, uh. yeah. Uh. That's pretty much all of his lines. And then he gets hit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, 
that one's going to cost you, Tinkerbell. <laughs> yeah. And then he hits him again and goes, I don't think you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets hit again. Shout That's some great Casey comedy. Jones. Um, But, uh, yeah, the, you know, well, fuck, man. Uh, I mean, there's there, – I, I just – I don't know. How about this uh, for a hope and a want? I just want to see that world get more enriched. I would love uh, – this was said by my brother. I want to give him credit. Uh he said this to me in a private conversation, um, but that uh, we need to see Leslie Tompkins in a, in a Batman yeah. movie. Okay. So I kind of want to see this peripheral world uh, coming to life more with the Harvey Bullocks and the we Montoyas. Need, oh, I need a Harvey and Bullock the, uh, so bad. And, and, the, and, the, and the Leslie Tompkinses, the Lucius Fox. Um, these people help color the world. They, It's not just Batman and the bad guys. Mm-hmm. It's Batman and the allies, too. Yeah. Um, Selfishly, I would like to see Robin Dunn because I really want to see the turn to Nightwing. I I love that storyline. I think it's really a a big um, turning point for obviously for Dick Grayson, but also for Batman for for uh, Bruce Wayne to have, have his uh, mentee kind of not need him anymore hmm. and kind of branch out on his own and. Um, I have always, you know, everybody kind of likes to see themselves somewhere in in the things that they like. Right. And I do love Batman, but I've never thought of myself as a Batman type. I think that I um I'm a little bit closer to to Dick Grayson's personality. Like I'd like mm. to be a little bit more outgoing and and friendly and smarmy <laughs> and stuff, but I think when he's by himself, Dick Grayson's much more like Bruce. He's kind of that more brooding guy, but mm. he's He's salvageable. Yeah. I I love Robin and the, the lineage of the Robin character. And I think uh, Tim Drake is arguably maybe the most popular on some level okay. as far as Robins are concerned. Mm-hmm. Nobody beats T- Dick Grayson. And, T- I, and yeah. I don't, I don't want to make it about beating somebody, but like no, – no, yeah. And I love he is Tim the, Drake. Everybody else like, is, is taking up his mantle. Dick Grayson is the OG Robin. He's the man. Nightwing is awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's we were talking earlier about Alfred and Gordon. How much you love them? Yeah, like Dick is the homie, right? Yeah, like he's he's the guy. So and, maybe that's what we could see. Is you don't necessarily see Dick Grayson yet, but we've seen Gotham in the Batman. Maybe we give Batman a reason that he has to Blood go Haven. to Bloodhaven because we can expand the world that way and go. All right, well he there is that's more than girl Gotham. Is. <laughs> yeah, so. You know? Right. He has an excuse to go to Bloodhaven right. and he gets into some trouble. There you go. <clears throat> there you go. Uh, I love all that. I mean, that's you really could open up a larger world with Batman into, I guess, other DC, you know, characters, but I would I don't know. I like this. I like that it seems Batman centric, you know? Mm-hmm. He gets <clears throat> I mean, he gets a lot of screen time in the movie. Yeah. Like, literally, we do see a lot of Batman in it. Yeah. Um, it oh. focuses on him. Before we wrap this up, we yeah. talked about this when we weren't recording, but we have to say it while we were recording. At the end of that movie, B- Batman uh, is kind of gotten his ass kicked a little bit, and he injects himself with something mm. to kind of rally. And I was saying to you, is that Venom? Venom, not the Spider-Man villain, but Venom uh, yeah. is the juice the drug. that Bane uses. It's to the drug. Right. Yeah. Um, it is. I'm you, telling you, you it say is, it is. In my mind, yeah. And yeah, we were. you're right. We were talking about it. I loved that part. Uh, I remember walking away vividly thinking about that and thinking, I, I want that to be Venom. I'm gonna Me just, too. I'm going to just accept that. 
until the, I guess the movie says I mean, otherwise. But... It was definitely a choice to make it a bright green liquid. Mm-hmm. If it's just adrenaline, that's an odd choice to be like, we're going to make this thing look like a thing that's already a, an established thing in the comics that right. has this exact effect on mm-hmm. people. So. Right. Weird choice. If it is, if it doesn't and, end up being anything, then I think that's an odd inclusion. Right. And can you imagine how terrifying that would make Bane? Well, okay, yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. Like for a follow up, if if they're gonna like piggyback off of everything that we saw happen in this movie, like if a little bit of that made Batman do all right, that. it may be okay. So he's like, okay, I have to be this symbol now that's inspirational, but he's spreading himself too thin. He's not sleeping and. Maybe he we do the storyline, the, the graphic novel of Venom, where he becomes dependent on this shit because mm-hmm. he feels like he has to be of able. Like in that book, he can't lift that rock, and that, that girl, girl dies. drowns. Yeah, I want to see something like that where he kind of goes off the deep end, and that narratively speaking opens the door for Alpha to really step in and kind of be that go that guy that's like, all right, no, I'm not your father, but I'm gonna There's save that great your shot. life. Remember, here. he's like, I'm gonna lock me away, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why he doesn't come out with toys to that crazy beard. Yeah, yeah. That that uh, that uh, the with cover the withdrawal of that period book is so rough. good. Yeah, it's Batman with that crazy, crazy smile. look. He's like, yeah, <laughs> that Batman's scary too. I mean, mm-hmm. he's like even thicker and bigger, and yeah. like, I mean, Batman's already got kind of some anger issues, sure, right? Yeah, like, definitely. He, he even with restraint, he beats mm. the shit out of people. So now that he's hopped up on Venom. We saw what he did. Yeah. I mean, like I'm saying, he almost I'm, murdered I'm assuming, that guy. Right, turn that guy's face into hamburger. Um, okay, well, on that note, we were talking about that. It happens in the end, and I think at some point it's clear we could keep talking about this, but we do have to wrap this up. So let's tackle the end of the movie. Okay. You mentioned something earlier when we first started this about some of the commentary that takes place in the movie. Yes. I think it does kind of touch on social movements, and it was something I wanted to give credit to the movie earlier on when we were talking about the Riddler. But, uh, you know, he pulls up at the funeral. And there's a small contingent of people that are already kind of dressing up like the Riddler. Yep. They're already carrying question mark signs and yep. shit. So we're seeing the movement start. Yeah. Um, and then this extreme example idea of all these people rallying behind this essentially uh, s- uh, social media presence that they that they idolize and being radicalized by him. I mean, I don't want to. I want to Let's hear your get thoughts. Political man. I was going to say, you know, I don't want to use that word, but I mean, as a as an obvious example in our recent memories, uh, you know, January sixth as a isolated incident could be essentially chalked up to a lot of people um, getting swept up by you know one person, and I and and I think it's fantastical and it's a comic book movie, and so there has to be some of that to it, but um, there is some terrifying. Uh, underbelly to I don't even say underbelly it's kind of scary yeah. that, that ending part and I <clears throat> I again to the Riddler's credit he's not physically really doing a lot of the stuff I mean he's doing some of the killings for very sure. Charles Manson esque yeah yeah mm-hmm. and he he's responsible for all this so mm-hmm. even though the Riddler is cuffed and ankle cuffed <laughs> uh, behind bars at at Arkham he's still his act is still being carried out yeah. so um. Anyway, uh, I want to hear all your thoughts on that and and how how much fun that was, and I think it's a great opportunity, obviously, for Batman to sh- sort of get uh, some public support on his side because yeah. he's been kind of vic- demonized throughout the movie. Uh, so it's setting the stage for Batman to become this hero that eventually is embraced by the city and the, by the police department. But uh, uh, thoughts on the ending and how I, all that takes I place? I thought that it, I mean it was already a very finger quotes real take on Batman, sure. but I think especially after the last 
I'll say five years that we've had in this country, seeing the movie's third act uh, play out the way that it did, one of the prevailing emotions I had walking out of the theater was that was the most real Batman movie I've ever seen. Like, I believed that all of that could happen. I believed that somebody with twisted intentions, feeling like they're uh, justified doing horrific things. We've seen it happen in this country. Much, people have done uh, arguably just as horrific yeah. actions with far less yeah. uh, motivation behind yeah. it. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's it. I, I think people are quick to maybe criticize this aspect of the movie because it sort of happens quickly and seems to sort of wrap itself up in a bow. It is. It is. It, it does end, I guess, predictably in that the good guy triumphs, but um, it it harkens back to something I brought up earlier. If, does if, he if, though? If you're gonna, if you're gonna, well, okay, I hear you, but if you're gonna level the critique that Batman doesn't do anything in this movie, ah, did you not see the fucking final act? Yes, I get what you're. I want to. I wanted you to expound on the point you you've kind of been pointing at, but just from the aspect of he stopped all those guys, um, they didn't. We don't know of a death toll, so I'm not sitting here trying to say he prevented all the lives, but he saved a lot of people, did it very yeah. publicly, mm-hmm. um, and he basically did it when nobody else could, and Correct. that's kind of the thing. Like yeah. They were all realizing this shit's getting out of hand, like the police are, can't do much, Catwoman's there, but she, even she's kind of looking helplessly on at shit. And I love how he doesn't hesitate when he kind of yeah. su- surveys the scene and sees the electricity in the water. He's like, fuck it. I got to go. And he goes mm. right into action. He doesn't say yeah. anything to anybody. He doesn't have a line. He doesn't look back right. and say like, it's what we do on the inside. And I'm yeah. not making fun of that. I'm just saying he doesn't have a right. cinematically cliche moment. He just yeah. goes right into action, fucking cuts the thing, you sacrifices think of that? himself. You, what did you think of the, the bat symbol blade? I thought that was dope. You liked I, it? I, I mean, it's not the most classic uh, take on it, but again... Give me something new. What did I say? Yeah. Make this your own. Interesting. I think it's cool. And it's a single blade. A lot of people were saying, blade. oh, it's the gun that killed his parents. I remember hearing that theory. And... Um, that's a, that's pretty hardcore. If, they, <laughs> if, if he wants to fucking... If he, I don't think he has to carry that with him to always right, to yeah. be, to still be Batman. A bit much, but... Um, but no, uh, I didn't mean to yeah. detract from that. It, just, it no. made me think of that scene because you're you're right. He does jump right into the electrified and, water. And... And, and to that point, sorry, not to, I, I, I promise I'll let you go on off on that point, but... Um, that's one of the things I've always fucking loved. I know we're talking about a fictional character, but some of my favorite moments of any Batman stuff I've ever experienced, video games, cartoon shows, live action movies, is when Batman, he just he just does the job. Yeah. Uh, like I think of the first time I played Arkham Asylum, I remember having this moment of like so much shit keeps happening. Like Batman must be fucking tired. You know what yeah. I mean? Like what a thought. But like. He he just he gets the news and he's all right. We got to well, figure out a way. We got to go on to the next. Having replayed that, you're you're right. If you remember the very end of that game, where, like he's wrapped up all of Arkham Asylum, he just fought the ridiculous boss battle with Joker on the roof, and what a night he's had. And then the end of that game is talking to Commissioner Gordon, and you hear the radio call like the Second National Bank of Gotham is being robbed by Two Face. He's like, all right, see you, Jim, and he's off to the next thing. Like, yeah, technically it that's all just one night. Keeps going, yeah, he, but he has to, mm-hmm. right? Because he has to be that thing, and um, so I love that about him. That's the, uh, it's. I think I. Love the selflessness of it, the the self sacrificial. It's uh, I don't want to equate it to like something Christ like, but it, you know, it almost enters that level of like I'm. I will. Batman will always make the call for somebody else. Yep. He never puts himself right before the other people. He just right. doesn't. In right. fact, he often 
does the opposite of that. So mm-hmm. he has to, and he goes right into action and he saves the day. Anyway, I'm shutting up. The no, ending, no, no. I, the ending, made, and did he win? You made good points. I think so. I, this is not a critique of like what you were saying, Mark Bernard, and saying like, oh, well, he didn't really do anything. I think the movie is more about Bruce Wayne self-discovering what Batman should be and can be more than I stopped the bad guy. Because there's he he does save the the woman who is about to be mayor, right? Like, yes, she didn't so, die. Right, so he saves her. He saves that kid. He saves right. Probably I don't know a few dozen people out of that that place. But I think overall Gotham has lost. There's a, yeah, a, a oh, huge sure. swath of the city has been flooded. Countless people well, are the, dead. The Riddler fucked. I mean, he killed the mayor of the God right. Gotham. Can you imagine a mayor being murdered by so, some random person? Right. Yeah. It, it, like I think that He's overall, left shambles. Yes, and Riddler, I wouldn't say won either. He didn't get what he wanted. He he gets his heart broken by Batman realizing that like, oh, we, I guess we weren't partners. His whole like, no, like <laughs> that was great. Um, so yeah, I don't. I think that. It ended in a perfect way that there is hope, and we see that Batman is going to maybe transition into what we think of as Batman. So that's the purpose of the movie, not I beat the bad guy and saved the day. He did to an extent, but I think it's more about the realization of like, oh, people can look to me as a sign of hope rather than just being afraid of me because at the beginning of that mm. movie and it makes more yes. sense knowing how it ends Good point. The beginning of that movie when he saves that guy in the train station or whatever please don't the hurt guy's me. like oh don't hurt me like everybody's scared of him everybody thinks he's some whack job that's just running around the city kicking the shit out of people well he basically is he is yeah and and, and you know there's always the timeless argument of like and, that, sure and Bruce... that isn't that is against the law correct you can't yes. just assault people right will smith um but <laughs> He, no, like there's the, the the argument of like I'm sure uh, Bruce Wayne could have a much more lasting impact on Gotham if he put his wealth to like social programs and right Take all it, that yeah, kind of stuff yeah. rather Instead than just toys. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but you know, we, toys we, are fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, why we're gonna make a bunch out speaking, of patents. Speaking speaking of, we were talking about video game trailers, and you brought up the one for Arkham Knight. I think. Um, is, I think it's for Arkham Knight. My favorite trailer for any video game is... Oh, Arkham Origins, where he's getting punched. That one's great, too. I'm thinking of the one where it's his father reading his will, oh. saying, don't that spend was the your first, money on... That was the first thing they released for Arkham Knight. God, the, the lines of, like, don't spend your money on flashy cars or outrageous right clothes. Wow. And, yeah. It's like, oh, it's so great. But it gives me chills even thinking about it right now. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh... Well, you posed the question earlier too, uh, the idea that like vengeance gets in get, ends up getting used against him at the end. Right. So, so there's there there are these sort of uh, uh, moral victories, I guess you could say, or or like you know, uh, break all that down when you were talking about that. So yeah, essentially, what the point I'm making is that I think that he learns that anger gets you nowhere. It's anger, and he wants to punish the bad guys. That, that's how he's going to do it. But right? his, from his perspective, he's doing it for righteous reasons. Mm-hmm. But in the perspective of Riddler's followers, they're doing it for righteous reasons. The city's corrupt, right? Right. So they're just as much validated in what they're doing in their own minds and their own rationale as Batman is. So he has to by that's by why we should be on the same team, guy, Batman. Didn't you see what we're doing? Sure, you know? but by by seeing this guy who he knows is evil and is murdering people, give him his own line back. 
And it's not even Riddler that says it. It's one of his just random followers that's like, I'm vengeance. And he's like, oh, this is how people see me. And I can be better than I'm, mm. this is not what I am. Mm-hmm. I need to be something other than this. I need to be fear incarnate so for those who do the wrong thing. But the I extreme need, version of his own correct. sort of like righteous. This ideal. is what I could become. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. not that far apart from some of these right. guys, which is, again, maybe an age right. old question. And right. Batman. it kind of is introduced to us, like we were saying earlier, when Riddler accuses him of being just like him. And he's like, we're doing this together. And remember, I said that makes him really angry, even the suggestion at it. And then when it's shown to him, it's put right in his face. He realizes how similar like, it is. Oh, shit. They, they have a point. Like mm. this, I kind of am doing. I can't just write them off as bad guys doing right. bad things. Right. They're they have motivations too. Correct. And yeah. I'm actually getting a chance to talk to one of them about it. Yeah. And it's not that dissimilar from my own. Right. Right. Even literally, as far as the orphanage thing is concerned. Right. The yeah. Orphan background. Like not all the villains have that upbringing, but this one, this one in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, that spiel, the orphan spiel, could have been me. That like, oh, well, yeah, Riddler gives that orphan spiel. That's something I had never really thought of, but like, yeah, I guess Bruce Wayne is an orphan. You think that's what being an orphan is? Right, like, up in your tower. When he said, when Riddler was like, like people in a room. he said that every winter one of the babies always dies. I was like, God damn. Okay. It's dark. Yeah. It's next level bleak. That's not Marvel shit right there. No, that's like... no, no. This is... <laughs> You're right? Yeah, there's consequences. And, so, um, uh, yeah, I think. And that's powerful motivation because he's not clearly not motivated by financial means and, mm-hmm. like, you know, like money burns, right? Right, like, right. It's not about that. It's mm-hmm. There's something bigger. And that's always going to be for, make for a greater villain, greater stakes, right? But um, to, to cap this all off it, and to return to our original uh, kind of overview yeah I, th- I think again it's my favorite live action batman movie dude. of all time dude um i think pattinson knocked it out of the park i think matt reeves is now my new favorite he clearly understands these characters and the tone and can be original with it and do his own thing while still staying true to the spirit of these characters doing all of that with arguably the toughest um prod property with which to be to feel unique yeah. in, yeah, it's yeah. tough to make a, a fresher, newer take on Batman. Yeah. And I think what's clear um, is that they, the powers that be, um, wanted to make sure that this is a different Batman than the last one you saw. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a very real effort to be like, I we, I we know about the Snyder stuff and mm-hmm. Ben Affleck. This is not that. And I think audiences nowadays are. Um, savvy enough that they can understand that there can be multiple takes. Like we earlier this year, we saw a movie with three Spider-Man in it. We got the Batman earlier this year, and we're also going to get Flash. We're going to get Flash. That's Which got we know Keaton. has Michael Keaton's we, yeah. and Affleck. And Affleck's coming in back. It. Yeah. And how about to that point? Now bear fucking with me, dude. Okay. What if Bale comes back? And I, I don't know, think I, he will. I, I know. See, that's the thing. That's the immediate reaction. I know. As soon as the words leave my mouth. Mm-hmm. I don't even believe it, but dude, I don't think he will. wouldn't it be the greatest fucking comeback if if and they never fucking mentioned it? Everyone's like, "Yeah, dude, Michael Keaton, baby, Ben Affleck," and then you go to see that movie, and you're like, "Bale's in this I, one if, too." If they were able I to keep never that, happen, if, but what if they if, were able to keep that under wraps for that long, and he just shows up in the movie, then that would be phenomenal for sure. Um, I think that nobody would be talking about uh, Affleck if that's the case. If if because everybody wants to see Keaton. Keaton is our generation's he childhood. He is still Batman. Right. Like, all right, we all want to see Keaton. Uh, what I think is more likely to happen 
I think it's still no one's confirming anything. I think that this Flash movie is going to uh, test audience reaction to Keaton coming back, and if ass is getting seats, Batman I Beyond. think we're getting a Batman, Batman Beyond, Beyond movie. Let's fucking go! Yeah, I think that's where I yelled heading. into the mic. I don't give a shit. Batman Beyond. So who who's out there? Who's a young twenty something that you could see as Terry McGinnis? Tom Holland. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Dude. I'm kidding. Spider-Man and I'm Batman. Kidding. Uh, Hollywood would – that's the, how creative Hollywood would think yeah. about it. Oh, he's young and – right? He'll do it. Uh, he's he's Nathan Drake, dude. Fuck oh, that God. Movie. I didn't Fuck even give it a movie, shot. Bro. Fuck that movie. Did you even see it? No. Has it come out? <laughs> yeah, it came out. It came out. It did I'm very sorry. badly. I love Uncharted. I love it yeah. a lot. But fuck that movie. I know nothing about it. Fuck that movie. This movie. The yeah. Batman. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, dude. It's – I don't want to – I I think it's easy for people to be like, yeah, I loved it. Uh, a buddy of mine said he thinks it's a masterpiece, and he <clears throat> he put it up there with his other favorite being The Dark Knight. And he goes, I hate even doing that. I hate comparing them. And I'm kind of right there with him as far as that, you know, as far as just doing comparisons. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm not crowning it like you are. And I respect that. And I love that. I love that you, you said that and did it here for the recording. Um but like I hinted at and I tried to verbalize earlier, it's in that skyline. And this movie is one that you have it, – it's – I would say this much. It's must-watch. Yeah. If you're a Batman fan, Definitely. you need to watch this movie. Yeah. Um, I think everybody d- didn't just do their homework. I think they, they came and they mm-hmm. delivered. Uh, everybody well, you, in the cast. You said something – so you can't really compare Dark Knight with this movie, right? Or you don't want to compare or whatever. Well, just, yeah. I think if I were going to compare them – I think – and tell me if you agree with me. I think that Dark Knight was much more a character study of who these characters are, specifically Batman and Joker. And the Batman feels less like a character study and more like an examination of this world. It was much more fleshed, fleshed out as to what is Gotham. It was really about the core of the corruption in Gotham and what it does to these people and why these people are the way that they are. It has to be Court of Owls next then. It's, yeah, I think that's the next logical the step. The next logical step, especially if you are brought in the world and you're peeling back the curtain more. Mm-hmm. And I think Bruce Wayne's going to naturally be more curious about his dad. Yeah. Because he even finds some revelations yeah. on this movie, He's right? Not, he has that he great made scene mistakes. Where it's like, so um, as you do that, naturally the Court of Owls. I think that's also an easy through line to connect Penguin and go like, all right, well, there was th- there's this Court of Owls that had all these influential families and the Cobblepots were once members of this thing and they had a fall from grace. That you could still and I they're think, birds. Yeah, well, I think you could still do Court of Owls and not do the Talons as like these undead mercenaries. I mm-hmm. think you could you could real world it out. Um, but I think that makes the most sense moving forward is Court of Owls. Yeah, I think that's where you go. With I, it and I won't be mad about it. It's um, also the, especially the first book in Court of Owls is very horror. Batman kind of loses it. Remember, he's in that maze and he's like he dying. goes through hell. Yeah, so yeah. that would be a really cool, especially with this aesthetic and seeing that, that kind of more thriller tone, mm-hmm. um, to see kind of this Pattinson Batman going crazy and mm-hmm. losing it. Yeah, put him to the test mentally. Yeah, you know, um, I, I there's so much possibility, and I think that's maybe one of the greatest things of of this movie, of this conversation, is that you get caught up in it, and we get caught up in it, and we want to keep going, um, and I'm ready for more. Um, you know, Pattinson deserves 
yeah, he does deserve respect. He does deserve uh, appreciation. I don't know his career at all. I know who he is. I know everybody knows about the Twilight stuff. Um, Check I, out I think Good I've, Times. I think I've really only literally seen this whole movie as his only. Oh, really? like, the only movie of his that I've seen. Like, I've seen one Twilight. movie. He has since Twilight made an aggressive <laughs> choice to, to only yeah. do these weird art house. Yeah. Di- all the characters are different. Yeah. He's not doing one he's trying, thing. He's trying to show you he's got the range, right? right. And I, I, who, who's, why would you blame him that? Like he deserves to do that. And uh, he wouldn't have been my choice. You know, who yeah, am me I? neither. If somebody had said, "Who would you cast?" I probably he probably wouldn't have broken the top fifty people. I would have yeah. listed. And I don't mean that to sound disrespectful. I just it it wasn't on my radar. Um, but uh, I, I dig it. I dig what he's doing with it. I dig like his sort of quiet, um, the way he handled it. Handled Batman in in a quiet way. He didn't have a lot of movement to him. He didn't mm-hmm. Batman. He was just like a. He seemed sort of spring loaded, but like yeah. you know, watch out kind of a thing. Um, somebody commented somewhere. I saw a comment, and I think it's worth mentioning because you could argue it's a definable characteristic of the character. Uh, he has a jawline again. You know, yeah. like uh, Batman kind of needs the jawline and the yeah. shape of the cow with this one, as opposed to maybe where we got more. Affleck had his jaw kind of showing. Bale kind of had this sort of. As you can see, even like on that thing, strap, it, it kind of covers yeah. up his jaw. So this kind of went back right under his ear. And yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, little shit Sm- like that. You small like to thing see. that I appreciated was that um, his cowl was a helmet. Like it was just on his right. head, not his neck. Yeah. I like little stuff like little that. Little stuff like that. His The the cool design with the gauntlet. Uh, yeah. What was Grappling that? hooks. The even all the way down to the symbol on his chest. Uh, there's some fun stuff that makes it seem like maybe this is the first time we're actually seeing a Batman movie. Uh, the Batmobile was sexy. You want everybody wants to drive that car. It's the coolest car in movies. Coolest car ever. Um, Batman has the funnest shit. He is the shit. He wins Thursday Throwdown, and um, <laughs> he, he's the goat, dude. He's the fucking goat. He is. He's been around for eighty plus years. Um, with all due respect to the others, I you know. He's the greatest comic book character of all time. And, uh, you know, I've said this for a while. If if they had never come out with another good Batman movie um, before this one, and, you know, if, like, the last taste in our mouth was uh, the Affleck Batman left us wanting so much more or whatever, it's not going to change my opinion about the character. No. Because, obviously, there's there's so much more to him beyond the cinematic world. But... We also we got this movie, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? We didn't just get another Batman movie. We right. got this one, mm-hmm. and um, man, I don't know. It, it requires at least two viewings. I'm hoping to catch it one more time in the big screen, and I'm gonna own it. I'm gonna own a physical copy of it. I'm sure, just so that I can uh, oh sure sleep with it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, it's very exciting. I and, yeah, I mean, and I've I've myself and all Batman fans, I'm sure, have been here before, especially with the Nolan movies where. A movie comes out, and we're so excited about it. We yeah. love everything that happened. We, we won't stop talking about what's the next one and speculating, and then the next one comes out, and that one's great. I just hope <laughs> that if they do three, that they stick the fucking landing because Dude. Nolan didn't, and I'll leave it okay. at that. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I said we had to talk about The Dark Knight Rises, and we're not done because we have to. We and don't talk about The Dark Knight Rises. Here's what I want to say to you. Can we figure out a way for you and I to get together and watch that movie? Because what we were originally going to do for this recording, and you told me, I loved the idea. You said, let's go watch the Batman Mm -hmm. and then immediately get our immediate reactions. Right. 
Uh, that would have been cool. I might have been a, sl- a different recording, I'm sure, on some level. But yeah. um, I don't think I would have been ready to make the de- declarative statement that I made earlier. Which is why I think so stuff like that needs to digest. You need yeah. to ruminate with it. Yeah. Um, is there? And I, I know the Dark Knight Rises wouldn't be a new experience, but I think watching well, it together would be a new experience. Definitely. This has been my game plan, and I may have, may have said this before on the podcast. This is how I think it makes the most sense for us to do it. I think however you do your prep for it is up to you. I would like to rewatch that movie alone first okay. and take my notes so that I have a like chronological gripe list with okay. that movie. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Bring it. You and then it. Yeah. we we will probably have to make it another four hour long podcast <laughs> to because we'll have At to watch least. a scene and pause it and discuss and debate mm-hmm. and continue to watch the movie and discuss and debate. I am definitely open to you turning me around on it. I think it's a very, very high peak to summit because there it. is a lot wrong with that movie, in my opinion. But I would love to discuss it with you. So I want to watch it first, take my notes, and watch it again with you. Okay. And and we will incorporate that somehow into the podcast. Definitely. I think we we we're both on in agreement that a, a debate style thing would be fun to do. I th- we'll we'll have fun with it. Yeah. I don't want the I don't want the Dark Knight Rises to be something we lament and like oh no we're gonna talk about it. It's something that's been longstanding between you and I, I as it. friends. Yeah. We bonded over mm-hmm. that. You would be like that movie's the worst, and I'd walk again. I'd walk into the break room and he'd be like Dark Knight Rises sucks, <laughs> I'd be like, and I would stand up with my fucking who knows and be like no it doesn't. <laughs> And um and it was fun and it was jovial. It's because it's Batman <clears throat> that I care about it and I want to talk about it. Of course, it, you know, clearly. Like if it was some other bad movie, if I was very opinionated about Morbius, we'd go, okay, the movie sucks and yeah, let's move on with our with lives. Morbius, yeah, but uh, uh, the Dark Knight Rises is, is uh is yes, it's in the future. I'm glad that we can manage that. I'm even more glad that we managed this. We gave yes. birth to something. It's going to become what it becomes. I'm glad that the trio is listening. I'm glad that you're here under the Likewise. roof. Likewise. Uh, good to just see you, period, but um, e- even more extra fun to do this. So um, we'll leave last words for you. I am vengeance. Vengeance.